Hello, hello to the most wonderful people in the world. God's wonderful people. This Monday, beautiful day today. I want to share with you the word of God today to bless your life and strengthen you in the Lord. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit in prayer. How we need his help today in prayer. And thank you for joining me and thank you for being my wonderful partner. And dear Jesus, I pray in your wonderful name that this wonderful work today will strengthen your people. Oh, Holy Spirit, be our teacher today. Be our strength today. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I want you to go with me to Zechariah 12 in the Old Testament, the book of Zechariah, chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. The beautiful thing we see here, where the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of prayer, the spirit of supplication. And of course, I love what the verse says after that, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for his only son, and shall, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And that is the coming of our precious Jesus to earth and his coming to his people. And at that moment, they'll accept him as Messiah. What a day that will be. But that wonderful portion that I just read, I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. So in Romans <clears throat> chapter 8, as I want to show you a few scriptures about this first, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer, and without him prayer is impossible. So Romans 8.15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And then when you look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, we see something so beautiful again, and then we see this tremendous revelation together. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here we see this amazing, remarkable truth. In Romans, we cry, Abba, Father. In Galatians, he cries, Abba, Father. Here the blending of the divine and human coming together in prayer. This is a secret because true prayer is when the Holy Spirit and the believer come together in prayer. That's true prayer, biblically speaking. That's true prayer, when the Holy Spirit and the believer come together. So we must not forget what the Bible says in Romans 8. And I know you've read that many times and heard about it or heard it preached. Romans 8, 26 and 27. 
This is very, very crucial that we understand this portion of the Bible. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, through translation himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, the Holy Spirit, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So what is very clear here is that the Christian left to himself does not know how to pray. We, left to ourselves, don't know how to pray. And God has sent his Holy Spirit to help us in our helplessness, to help us in our helplessness in prayer, because we truly cannot pray. So here we have something beautiful. The Father to whom we pray, the Son, Jesus, through whom we pray. But now we have the Holy Spirit with whom we pray. So prayer is not really possible without praying with the Holy Spirit. And that with the Holy Spirit means in the Holy Spirit. That's why we read in Ephesians, let all prayer be in the Spirit. It's a coming together of the person of the Holy Spirit and the believer before prayer becomes true prayer. So I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit and prayer because true prayer cannot be really prayer till the Holy Spirit is praying through us. So the Father hears our prayer. Jesus the Son secures the answer. So this is beautiful. The Father hears our prayer. Jesus the Son secures the answer. But it's the Holy Spirit who enables you and I to obtain, to obtain the answer. So when, we and I, when you and I pray, the Father hears it. Jesus secures the answer. But without the Holy Spirit, we don't have the result in our life. So the Father always hears our prayers. Jesus always says amen and secures the answer to our requests. But without the Holy Spirit, we will not receive. And, and that's why Paul commands us, we are commanded in the Bible, pray in the Spirit. Because if we don't, we lose. If we don't, we lose. So how do we pray in the Spirit? What enables us to obtain what Jesus secures and what the Father hears? So in Ephesians 6, 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance 
and supplication for all saints. So that word in the spirit is the same as with the spirit. So now we come with the Holy Spirit through Jesus to the Father. But what must we do for the Holy Spirit to join us? I'll give it to you. Very beautiful answer. Psalm 80. Psalm 80. And verse, verse 18. So will not we go back from thee? Quicken us. And we will call upon your name. That Hebrew word says, revive us, and we will call upon your name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Because we can't turn ourselves. Turn us again, meaning to you. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Or restore us again is another meaning for the word turn. Restore us again. Cause your face to shine and we shall be delivered, we shall be saved. But what do we do here? We wait to be quickened. And as we wait, the Holy Spirit will join us in our waiting. Remember, I mean, we all know they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, right? So we have to wait to be renewed. We have to wait to be restored. We have to wait to be quickened. So quicken me, Lord. Revive me, Lord. Because I can't do it on my own. And how beautiful Psalm 62 also is on this beautiful truth. And verse 1. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation or deliverance. And the Hebrew says, truly my soul waiteth silently, waiteth silently upon God. From him comes my salvation. I think a lot of people have lost the art of silence in the presence of God. And that's the problem. Because the Holy Spirit cannot join himself to us, with us in prayer until we are silent in his beautiful presence. And it is that silence, it is that waiting that brings about Romans 8, 13 through 15 to become reality in your life and my life. And here's what, what, what it says. So look at, look at it with me. Romans 8, 13, 14, 15. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Holy Spirit, if you through the Spirit of God do mortify, but how do I mortify the deeds of the body? Silence. You mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Waiting upon the Lord mortifies, puts to death the deeds of the body. Because why? He quickens us. And when God quickens us, The flesh is crucified. 
It's so beautiful. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God, meaning that when the Holy Spirit quickens me and when he puts my flesh to death, mortify, the word mortify means put to death the deeds, the deeds of the flesh, the deeds of the body. Now I'm able to follow him. I cannot follow the Lord if the flesh is alive. It's impossible. So now I'm led because the flesh is dead or crucified. For ye have not received, verse 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He, he, he puts it all together for us in this portion. So I wait. He quickens me. The Holy Spirit quickens me. Now when, my, when the Holy Spirit quickens me, my flesh is put to death, or the deeds of the flesh put to death. Now he leads me. And now I can pray. But how beautiful it says, we cry, Abba, Father, now. Because there's now oneness. Galatians 4, 6, he cries. Romans 8, 15, we cry. We come together in fellowship. So verse 13 says, as I wait and as you wait upon the Lord to quicken you, the flesh will die. The deeds of the flesh will die. 2, verse 14, fellowship with God begins. Because now I'm led by the Spirit. I'm able to be guided by the Spirit. And now verse 15, true prayer begins. So we cannot pray in the Spirit if we're walking in the flesh. We just cannot. So the flesh must be crucified again waiting. Quicken me, Lord. Psalm 80, verse 18. Quicken me. Then I'll call on you. Then I'll call on you. And uh, Psalm 62, wait in silence. Wait in silence. I know that's, uh, that's hard for people to, to do. And it's so simple to do. I mean, what the simplest thing to do is just wait in God's presence quietly. So now, Galatians 5, 25, because this is something that all of us need to understand. Galatians 5, 25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Wow. So, I wait upon the Lord. He quickens me. Now I can follow him and fellowship with him. Now I'm able to pray properly. But now also I'm able to live and walk in the spirit. It continues throughout my day. This morning, I experienced what I'm talking to you about. As I was waiting upon the Lord, just out of me, I began to hear myself pray in a beautiful tongue. And it was so, oh my goodness. 
I, I, I felt so disconnected from the world. I felt the peace of God settled in my soul. The flesh was pushed out of the way. And now the Bible says you can walk in that all day long. And in Galatians, uh, that same chapter, the verse before that, verse 24 says, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections or passions and lusts. So you wait, God quickens you, you follow in fellowship with him, you follow him in fellowship with him. Now prayer, true prayer starts where the Holy Spirit is praying through you. And now not only are you able to walk in that, but the flesh has nowhere to go because now it's crucified with the affections and lust. It all is in one portion right here. So the Holy Spirit and prayer, how important that is to always today especially because the flesh really cannot pray. The flesh cannot be improved. The flesh cannot be sanctified. Because why? Well, there's, there's nothing good in it. There's nothing good, good in it. And sadly, a lot of prayer today is repetitious. It's all flesh. It's not true prayer. Let's look at uh, Romans 7, 18. It says, but I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. So Paul is clear on where the flesh stands. And it says clearly in Romans 8, 7, it's actually God's enemy. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And there's only really one way to deal with it. Only one way to deal with the flesh. And where is that? Romans 6, 6. Romans 6, 6 says, chapter 6, verse 6 says, knowing this, our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So the flesh, the flesh can say prayers, but the flesh has no desire and no strength for true prayer. Uh, the, the, the flesh has no true desire or strength to seek God. So the flesh can say a prayer, but the flesh cannot seek the Lord. The flesh can say a lot of prayers, but the flesh cannot seek God. Only the Holy Spirit seeks God. So when I talk about prayer, I'm talking about seeking the Lord. True prayer is seeking the Lord. The flesh prays prayers of habit. The flesh prays prayers of custom, accustomed to it, you know, something I've done before, I'll do it again, I'll say it again. So the flesh prays prayers of habit. But the glory and the blessedness 
of the Holy Spirit's prayer. That's, first of all, hid from the flesh, but only revealed in reality in the men and women who live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Because we, we, we are told, again, Ephesians, pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit. Wait on the Lord. You know, I've experienced this over and over and over in my life. But I'd love to show you, I'd love to show you quickly Ephesians 6 because there's a lot of beautiful um, truth in that. So Paul says, praying, Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. But what was he talking about here? He was talking about war, warfare. You cannot, you and I cannot win with prayer that is all flesh, that is accustomed to just habit. Because that's not true prayer. Because he says here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood in verse 12. So it's a whole message. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. So now it says, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to, with that, stand against the evil day and the evil one. And having done all now to stand, stand having your loins, mind, girt or covered, with truth, your breastplate, heart, full of righteousness, your feet, or your walk, with the gospel of peace, prepare to share the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith over your heart, over your life, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And you take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, soon I'm going I'm to teach on the full armor. It's a powerful teaching I have for you. But I want to show you that this full armor is not going to work without praying in the Spirit. Because the last thing he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So when the Word of God covers, and you know, he begins by telling you and me, he said, cover your mind with the word, your, your heart with the word, your walk with the word, your faith with the word, the shield of faith, and now taking, take the helmet of salvation, that's your declaration of faith, your confession of faith. But all this will not do much without prayer in the Spirit. You know, there, there are people today who really know the Bible. They know it mentally. And they know it very well. But when prayer in the Spirit is lacking, there's no results. 
There's no result. They can give you chapter and verse. They can tell you what the Bible says about all kinds of subjects. But there's no power in their life to see that reality in their own life. Because their prayer really is commanding uh, demons to leave. It's, it's about I rebuke and I command and so forth and so on. Well, yeah, that's biblical, but not without the Holy Spirit. Not without the Holy Spirit. He's the one who is behind the rebuke. <laughs> I rebuke. He's behind that. It's his power that rebukes. It's his presence that rebukes. It's not just because somebody says it. I sat in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting one time when she said, I rebuke this cancer. And the power of God hit that woman so strong with the cancer that it knocked the lady behind her. The lady behind her fell. It was just a strong force hit both of them. I was stunned. There is power when the Holy Spirit is there. It's not because the Catherine Kuhlman or anyone else says, I rebuke. But when the Holy Spirit is there, it is riveting. The power of God will just take hold of you. I've been there. I speak out of experience. I've been there. When the Holy Spirit and His power is so real and so evident, and what you say does not fall to the ground, because the Word comes alive, and your authority comes alive, and your place comes alive, you can rebuke Satan all you want. It's not going to work. You can say the Bible says all you want. To him, I mean, it's not going to work. But when the Holy Spirit is there, when you've waited and the Holy Ghost has now taken over, and you speak the word, there's power. You say, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. There's power. And that's why today I wanted to minister on the Holy Ghost and prayer. And I'm praying right now that God will bring you there, that you will come to that place in your Christian experience. Father, come on, let's believe. I'm stretching my hands towards you and my heart towards you and my faith towards you. Let's believe God together. Father, we come in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you'll do exactly that in that life, in your saint, in your people's lives, in the mighty name of Jesus that we will walk in power, in the power of the Holy Spirit, truly, in our prayer, in our life, in our walk, in our ministry, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tell you what, I sense the anointing is talking like this. Well, thank you for joining me. And... Uh, I want to tell you about my book before I say goodbye to you, The Mysteries of the Anointing. It'll be out in bookstores the early part of April. Make sure to get your own copy. It's published by Charisma House. And a very important book I've written about the anointing, the mysteries, the dangers, 
what it really means to flow in the anointing because there's more than one anointing there's one in your heart there's one on your office and there's more that I talk about in here so this will really really help you bless you there's a lot of great information charisma staff so excited about this they had me come to the whole uh, and, and speak to the whole staff about this and I've been asked by preachers to minister on this. I was in Ghana. We had 27,000 pastors listening to this teaching that I put in a book. And uh, in many, many cities where I've gone in the last few years, I talked about the importance of understanding the anointing because today God wants to use you. So you can pre-order this book on Amazon, bookstores, or even from our own ministry. So make sure you get your copy of mysteries of the anointing and now it's time to give to the work of the Lord because giving I've been telling you over and over more important today than it was last week because it guarantees your future financially in the troubled times we're seeing now that will be increasing more and more and more worldwide we need to secure our life in Jesus as we do the right things, as we walk with Him. But we have to secure our financial future as we sow into His work. Because the Bible clearly states when we do that, God will bless us and bless our future and bless our children. So let's do it now. That God will bless your present and your future financially because He promised to do it. And you can sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on, you can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. Much love to you. And by the way, just want to say something. Uh, I understand that on some platforms, uh, people are asking for money, saying they are Benihin. Don't you believe it? Don't even pay attention to it. If, if, if you're not seeing me talk to you, ignore it. All right. Much love. Bye-bye.